Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. Marshall Fant with GFA Missions here again with ReChurch. Glad you've joined us. We've got a special guest uh, with us again. He's no, no stranger to our listeners. Matt Wilson, welcome. Glad to be with you today. All right, so Matt, before we get started, I want to make people aware they're listening that GFA is hosting a missions virtual roundtable, and it'll be once a month for about six or seven or eight months starting in September. So you can check the GFA uh, website for that. The first one is September 26th, followed by October 24th, and it's a virtual um, roundtable discussion on missions. So be sure and check the GFA uh, webpage for that. But speaking of missions, Matt, let's talk about a great mission field, and that is our military. So right now, you've got about three hats you wear. So let's remind our listeners, you are uh, director at Grandview Camp. Yes, sir. And that is in where in Arizona? It is in Eager, Arizona. We're in the White Mountains, uh, about four hours northeast of Phoenix. Okay. And you also serve on staff at Ponderosa Bible Church. Yes, sir. And the third hat you wear, tell us what that is. Yeah, so I'm a chaplain in the Air Force Reserve. Been doing this for about, it just hit my exactly eight-year mark. So started uh, with them in 2012. All right, and the reason I wanted to have this conversation is twofold. We've been kind of running a theme here on bivocational ministry. In fact, you helped me do a podcast several uh, yes, months ago, one of our first podcasts on that. But also the purpose of this one's twofold. We want to make pastors, men like, you know, that are considering, okay, what else can I do in ministry? Make them aware of the chaplain ministry. Okay, so yes. Matt, just talk to us. So what would be some personal ministry benefits from serving yes. as a chaplain, either Air Force, I guess Air Force, Navy, Army, right? right. Okay. Yes, sir. I'll go through three specific benefits first of all, is the incredible ministry opportunity. Uh, You get to work very closely with people where you're wearing a uniform with the cross on it. So people expect you to talk to them about Jesus. Hmm. Uh, Simply by the, the patch that I have on my uniform, as soon as I walk into a room, uh, or as soon as somebody comes to my office, they're expecting me to be a representative of the cross, a representative of Jesus. And they expect me to talk to them about that. Hmm. And so one of the jobs of a chaplain that they want us to do is to be, for me as an Air Force chaplain, to be with airmen. Whether it's Army or Navy, they want you spending time with the troops, even commanders that are not believers want chaplains with their people and so i can walk into basically anywhere as long as i've got a security clearance for it i can just walk in and spend time with people and build relationships with them because they know if i'm out and about spending time with people that when they hit a crisis they know who to come to Hmm. and they will come to your office when typically in the military chaplaincy, majority of the time, 
people don't come to you until they've hit rock bottom, until they're in major crisis. And I can sit down with them in my office being paid by Uncle Sam to do it, wearing a military uniform and share the gospel with people. So you have this is a personal ongoing outreach the entire time you are serving. Is that? Yes, sir. Yeah. Y- yes, sir. And so I get to preach the gospel. I pretty much every time that I'm in uniform, I have opportunities to do a Bible study, to do a worship service. And just about every day I will have someone come in my office who's hit crisis and have an opportunity to counsel with them from the scriptures. I'd say that's the first benefit is uh, my my endorser, which is like a mission board for chaplains, right. you know, calls it that we are a mission missionaries in a closed access country or, or a closed access institution. There right? you go. I shouldn't yeah. say country, institution, yeah. because right. not everybody can walk on base and share the gospel with people. You You have to have gone through specific doors to do that. Uh, so we, we've got an incredible opportunity there. All right. Now with this, Matt, so describe to me sir. a typical weekend. So yes, sir. Uh, you serve normally, what, weekend, one weekend a month? I mean, t- Yes, sir. All right. So when you arrive wherever you're going, I think now, right yep. now, you live in Arizona, but really you're yes, serving sir. a wing unit or what do you, what do you call it? A wing unit? What do you call? Yes, sir. It's right. the 446th Airlift Wing at Joint Base Lewis-McChord, just south of Seattle. All right, so you're going to Seattle once every once a month, is that true? Yes, sir. All right, so once ex- a month. Just give us a brief you know, rundown yeah. of from the time you arrive you know, at the base until you leave. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, so my first job as a reservist is to be ready, to be ready to deploy if there was a crisis or a need. So that means I've got to be ready physically, and so I've got to go through and make sure that my immunizations are all up to date, that my physical training is up to date, and uh, then I've got to be ready on other trainings. So this is the first thing I'm doing when I get there is I'm checking my readiness report okay, to make sure that physically and militarily with my paperwork and required trainings that those are all up to date. So I may spend some time with that. Then the first meeting that I'm going to go to in my role as the wing chaplain, I work for the wing commander. And we have a meeting before every weekend with all of the leadership for the wing. Okay. And I usually have an opportunity to spend about three or four minutes speaking to all of them and sharing a truth about usually about morals or character or leadership. And uh, that's not a time for me to be preaching to them, right. but it is an opportunity to share uh, moral truth. And many times that leads to opportunities to have personal conversations later on. Got it. So I'll have that opportunity uh, in that first meeting there. Then I will meet with my staff, the other chaplains. So I work with four other chaplains and four chaplain assistants and we will go over the schedule for the weekend as i said before saying what are the troops doing you know is security forces going to be out training this weekend at the range where are the maintainers going to be are the doctors going to be practicing loading patients onto the planes right and so we're going to talk through where are they at and plan out spending time out with the airmen 
Okay. Uh, then a lot of times I'll have a retirement or a change of command where they will have the chaplain pray mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we talk as a team about and they talk about the chaplaincy about is that we are a visible reminder of the holy. Mm. So no matter what's going on, if it's a big event like a retirement or a change of command. Yeah, you're uh, there. You're there. We're there. Yeah. And we're reminding them that there is a God, mm. a reminder of the holy. Mm. Then on Sunday, we have a worship service on Sunday morning. And then again, get back out to spending time with the troops. The goal over the weekend for us is to be out and about with them as much as possible. But the other reality is, is we have them coming into the office for counseling throughout the weekend. All right. So let me ask you this. On the worship service yeah. on Sunday morning, do you normally get yes, the sir. opportunity to preach or one of your other chaplains does that? Or how many so, worship services are taking place there under your leadership? Sure. Uh, right now, we have one Protestant worship service, and okay. then I also have a Catholic chaplain that works for me okay. who leads a Catholic Mass. Right. Uh, none of the Protestant chaplains attend that. He's right. doing that for the Catholic community. Right. And the other two guys that I work with, we rotate through who preaches for the worship service there, but we're also coming up now with other opportunities to have worship services in other parts of the base so that we're as close to the troops as mm, possible. Good. So I preached for us this last month, and uh, if we start having multiple services, then we'll obviously have more of us preaching each Sunday. Yeah. All right, you get service, you get personal yeah. ministry, you get public ministry, and then you also, so, I mean, obviously service the country. That's kind of the umbrella you're right. operating under. Yes, now, sir. Also on the personal side, there is a benefit financially on this. Yes, sir. So you are, you're hired, you're screened. What, how does that process yep. work before yes, you become a chaplain? So in order to be a chaplain, you have to have an MDiv okay. and a minimum of a 72-hour one, which that's the lowest MDiv that right. would be out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a minimum of a 72-hour MDiv, and then you have to have at least two years of professional ministry experience post-MDiv. So that would mean what they're looking for there is not just teaching Sunday school, right? but it's the things that a pastor kind of gets paid to do. Weddings, so funerals. Be, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Weddings and funerals. Counseling. And preaching, yeah. counseling, yeah. all of that. Mm-hmm. And then you, you're going to need to be, uh, I believe right now the age is 42 is the minimum age, if I remember correctly. Okay. Maximum age? Uh, yes, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yes, um, and then you got to be able to pass the physical requirements, right. which it, it's not that bad. you got to be able to run a mile and a half in about 13 and a half minutes. Yeah. And you got to be able to do about 57 push-ups yeah. and uh, about 55 sit-ups in about a minute and a half. Okay. And, so that's been, it has actually been really good for me to have yeah, that accountability sure. on the physical side of things. Yeah. So those are the minimum requirements for being in. Then there's two types of reservists. And so I'm a chaplain in the uh, Air Force Reserve, and I've got two brother-in-laws that are chaplains in the Air Force Reserve. Mm-hmm. And all three of us have different ministries and are involved in kind of different styles of reservists 
that support best what we're doing in ministry. Okay. So the first one that I'll explain is what they call an IMA, or a Category B reservist, stands for Individual Mobilized Augmentee. Yeah. This means that you actually work with active duty, and you're coming in to supplement them. Got it. So that if the active duty are going on vacation or get deployed or time away, you're there to supplement to backfill. Got it. So those do a minimum of 24 days a year okay plus another 15 and so that's a total of 39 days over the course of a year all right so let's just stop because right yep. there and let's talk about that so 39 days and again we're going to get the benefits to the church in a minute so right now I just right. want to focus on the benefits to you your family so right. Uh, roughly, when a when a chaplain enters and does this thirty yep. days a year, thirty four, whatever you do, how many days do you say? Right, whatever. Thirty nine. Thirty nine. Okay. Thirty nine. What what would the annual financial benefit be? What would what would they pay you for that? So it's going to depend on experience right. and rank. Yep. Most chaplains come in as at least a first lieutenant or a captain, depending on the number of years of experience that you've got. Okay. And you can, on average, you're going to get paid about $200 a day when you're just coming in. Got it. Um, 200 to 250 so, early on. So uh, times 40 days, so about 8000 a year. Yes, sir. And that's minimum. Yeah. Because on top of that, you're going to get some per diem to help cover food and travel yeah. and Right. Typically, you're able to save some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, sir. I would say that's a, a minimum right there. And then the other benefit that is huge for us is your health insurance. Can you explain that? Uh, so, for us as a family, we pay $200 a month for family health insurance coverage. And that's through TRICARE. Yes, sir. So TRICARE Reserve Select. Yeah. And so. they cover everything with a $300 family deductible for the entire year. Wow. Okay. So that's $200 so, a month. Uh, $200 yeah. a month. <laughs> and then we've got options for dental and vision right. coverage on top of that that are really not bad at all. So there's a financial side to this that I want right. to make sure young men understood um, yes. that is there. And of course, yep. I mean, it's great. I think if you're doing all this, you should be paid. I'm not saying that, right. that I mean that in a negative yeah, way. Yeah, no, it is. It's a huge So how this affects my civilian ministry at the camp, I couldn't do what I do at the camp right. without the health insurance and the extra income that comes from the military side. Because what I do at the camp, we're essentially missionaries. We right. raise yeah. support for what we do there. And so it makes my civilian ministry possible. All right, so let me ask you this. If, if your wife, Rachel, was sitting here talking to us, yes, and I said, Rachel, what is the greatest benefit to your family from Matt serving in the chapter? What would her response be, probably? Yeah. If we're talking just practical for our family, mm-hmm. the financial side financial. of it is huge. Okay. It gives us a lot more opportunities as a family. Yeah, and if I said, what's the one maybe negative that you have to endure? Because every job yep. has positives right. and negatives. It would just be the time away? Yes. Okay, that's what yeah, I thought. Yeah, that, that would be it. 
But that same thing allows her to turn around and minister, know how to minister to other military yes. families, which is where we're going to go on the other side of the equation, right? Yes. And it's opened up many doors of ministry for her. It enables her to be able to stay at home and to not have to have another job. Oh, okay. And so it opens up many ministry opportunities. Are any other benefits on the personal side before we go to yes, everybody sir. understand the church side of the benefits? Yes. And I would rank this one as far for me personally as higher, higher than the financial benefit. Okay. And that is the leadership training that you get as oh, part of this. Okay. And this applies to looking at the cost of being a chaplain. So within your first two years, you have to do two extended schools. Mm -hmm. The first one is officer training school. That one takes eight weeks. So that's a longer school, but you're doing basic officer training with all of the other guys who are coming in as officers throughout the Air Force. And, yeah, there's going to be a lot of running and Mm -hmm. yelling and (laughs) push-ups, but you get incredible leadership training through that. Okay. And I'm still using the leadership curriculum that I got there with my staff at the camp, Mm. uh, with our leadership camp. I use it on a daily basis. And I've shared with my board at the camp that the Air Force pays me to train me to do the job you hired me to do. So the, the leadership training that you get is phenomenal. And that's probably can be a missing element among many ministry training, I right? strongly agree with that. Yeah. It's something I, I find incredibly valuable. In addition to that, uh, in the second year, you do a four-week chaplain training school. Now, this one, it's going to be f- from a, a pluralistic standpoint. So you'll be in this chaplain training school with chaplains of other faiths. And... In there, you get some other counseling models that are not Bible-based counseling. Mm -hmm. And so you have to approach it through a biblical worldview with a correct lens. Sure. But even though it's not uh, being taught through that biblical worldview, you do get other tools that you wouldn't have gotten within our limited training of people that are just of like faith. Got it. And so you do see other ways where you're able to approach people and able to use it. Or you may understand if someone's been counseled that way, you know exactly. where that was. There you go. Okay. Yes, sir. One other question I know people will be asking. In your personal ministry, are you ever limited in giving the gospel or giving yeah. or ever having to compromise the message of Christ right. is the way, the truth, and the life? Uh, so the first answer on compromise is no. Okay. Absolutely not. On limitations, it is the right place at the right time. So there are times as a chaplain where my function is not as a preacher of the gospel. My function is as a staff officer in the Air Force. Okay. Where I'm there to train. If it is something where other troops are required to be there, then I need to be careful in how I'm training or in the content of my training. Right. Because just like I wouldn't want somebody else to impose their faith on yeah, me, sure. I'm not going to do that in a setting where they are required to be there. But there, even in those settings, there are times where I have opportunities to say, okay, say we're doing a training on suicide prevention. And I can go through and I can talk about the importance of faith. And I can say, talk about the importance of being spiritually healthy. 
And then I can say, for me, being spiritually healthy means having a personal relationship with Jesus. Right. And if you want to talk more about that, you're welcome to come to my office. But in inside and, the confines of that office, you've got all the freedom you exactly. need. Exactly. There we go. When I'm, okay. when I'm yeah. preaching or yeah. when I'm in my office and somebody's having a personal counseling conversation with me, then I have complete freedom to, and I am actually expected by the military to be a faithful representative of my faith. Got it. And the military would actually view it as compromising your integrity if you, you did, did things that went against your faith. Yeah. Yes. All right. So I knew that was going to be a question. All right. Now let's shift yep. gears. Benefits yep. of the church. Okay. Yep. I, I just listed several here. You can comment on so if if you are a member of a church and your pastor is also a chaplain i think you got a pastor who's aware of needs of veterans because i mean every church i know on certain holidays we recognize the veterans the church is full of veterans right right yeah well so i can give two different very clear examples of this one on the church side of ministry and then two for me on the camp side of ministry Uh, So in our church at Ponderosa Bible, we have a veteran who has had a lot of struggles with PTSD, Mm -hmm. and it's affecting every area of his life, and the physical, emotional, and spiritual are all intertwined. And we had gotten to a point where the, the pastor who was counseling felt like, I've hit a wall, and I just don't know how to help because the things that he's struggling with are so different and I can't relate to that. So unique to that experience. Yes. Yeah. And so I had become connected with a group through the military that is a Christian group that Mm -hmm. does specific counseling for guys struggling with PTSD. I was able to reach out to that guy, get him connected, and he went to one of their events, and it has been life-changing for him. Wow. And that was specifically through a military connection that I had through being a chaplain. Then on the other side of things for the camp, this summer we had a new church come to camp who the youth pastor of the church, his dad, had been my first supervisory chaplain. And he had told his son, who's now a youth pastor in Phoenix, y'all should go check out this camp. Hmm. We've been able to do many camps for the active duty families. They come up and do a family camp. God's connected us to whole different groups of people in churches through the military that we never would have had connections with otherwise. And uh, so it does that for pastors as well. It it broadens your circle of influence and now, for me, you know, right now, it's a really unique situation as a reservist to be traveling as far as I am. That's not typical. Typically, you're going to be ministering at a pace that's much closer to your home area of ministry. Okay. And when you do have a base that's close to your church and, and there's an opening there, mm-hmm. it can multiply ministry exponentially when you can invite people to come to your church got it. and you've got an opportunity there to have ministry far beyond just the weekends and again the church will see this and i think as that's yeah. happening the church can pray for you better what, what about the financial benefits of the church i mean you we talked about to your family but right. doesn't that also flow over to the church as well yeah well for a church to not have to provide a full health insurance yeah. package 
uh, that's huge. Um, and I would say that's a number one benefit financially to the church. And then different churches, there's different situations for every reservist. There's going to be times where a reservist, yes, might have to deploy for six months. Some churches, and I think it's, it's so important when a church chooses to do this, even when their pastor is on orders, uh, they continue to support them financially during that time. I know what, um, define on orders for the listeners. So that when you're being paid by working for the military. Right. When you're being paid by them working for them, that could be a weekend. That could be 30 days. It could be you're deployed and doing it for six months. But the reality is when you're in ministry, it doesn't matter how far away you are from your church or home place of ministry. You never stop serving and working there. Yeah, Your, your heart is never disconnected from them. Your prayers are never cut off from them. And so I know many churches that continue to support their pastors financially, even when they are on orders. But I do also know some ministries where the only way it's possible is the pastor having that extra income when he's working for the military versus when he's working for the church. Yeah, yeah, because it, it, only the military is higher. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. All right. Any other, uh, maybe one other benefit you can think of for the church? Because what I'm trying to do is the, yep. the deacons, the church leaders, they're listening. Yes. So if a young man comes yep. in and they're interviewing a candidate and he says, by the way, I am Air Force Reserve, Army Reserve, whatever chaplain. Right. I want them to be understand this is a positive, not a negative. I want them to understand Correct. this. You're getting a man that would yes. probably be more, I don't want to say, I don't want to get into comparisons, but probably more well-rounded because of the leadership training, the yes. pressure of understanding, uh, say it this way, you know, we as pastors, because we really work our own schedules. Yep. We're never really yes. under somebody else's schedule, but this right. it's good to do that occasionally. Yes. You know, so yes. is that is that a fair, am, am I being yes. too bold in saying it that way? I don't think so at all because you're, you're taught a level of professionalism. Yeah. You are working as a staff officer mm-hmm. and, and learning the leadership skills that go along with that. You have incredible opportunities to work with people from different denominations and even different faith groups and you learn how to interact with them you learn how to share the gospel in a potentially hostile culture mm. or a potentially hostile environment you you learn how to be approachable yeah uh, you learn how to go and talk with unbelievers or people from different faith groups and and that you you learn how to build relationships you learn. You learn to be a good soldier. Yes, sir. I was just reading yes, this morning. You know, the centurion yes. who had a servant or a man in his. However, you yeah. view that wording there that that was under him. Yes. That was sick, and yep. he sent for Christ. And of course, he said, "Lord, there's no reason to come. Just say the word." Right. And Christ's response to the military man: No greater faith have I seen in Israel. So yes. I think it's interesting that Jesus used a person in the military to say, this is faith, because he yes. understood operating under authority. So I think that is a yep. that was a sidetrack here, but I just had to throw yes. that in while we're talking about it. Right. 
Well, and you you learn the importance of keeping the main thing the main thing. Yeah. And the importance of knowing your mission and staying on mission. Uh, okay. And, and that is an incredibly important lesson to learn. Mm. The crisis counseling opportunities that mm. you have. Uh, this gets you know, young men some counseling experience yeah. that maybe a, a youth pastor or a young assistant pastor who's not been in this role may not have had up to that point. Okay, uh, we're out of time. So let me ask you this, Matt. Yes, You've given your email address out before, so would you give yes. it again, and then people can contact you? Because I really think there's a whole group of men as well as churches that need to hear this message. Again, Matt Wilson, Matt, give out your email address. Sure. It's Matt, M-A-T-T, at Grand, G-R-A-N, D as in Delta, and View, V as in Victor, I-E-W, Camp Charlie Alpha Mike Papa <laughs> dot org dot org. All right. So contact Matt or you can contact me, M F A N T at GFA Missions dot org and would love to talk to you and I'll direct you right to Matt and let him explain how you can be used of the Lord, not only in the pastor at your local church, but also just in a great way within our country and gain some great experience that way. Matt, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a great day. Same to you. Thank you. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.